<clears throat> wow, that went wrong. <laughs> just the first note out of my mouth went wrong. I was going to go, yes, and then I just started coughing. Yes, people, it's episode 258 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff, obviously. How are you doing? Do I sound older? Because I am older. Every day you're older. But it was official. It was Happy New Year. My personal New Year. I'm 34. That's right. I completed 34 years on the planet. And, um... I mean, I'm not trying to get off right now. Uh, I'm still staying on. And, uh, but yeah, that's it. 34 years on the planet. It's weird, and it's like, does that make it? I've probably did this on my last birthday. But, uh, so I'm starting year 35. So, although I'm 34, is it actually my 35th birthday? Because my first birthday would have been the one I was born on. You see what I mean? Like, if, what we call our first birthday is actually our first anniversary of our birthday. Um, but my first birthday had been the one I was born, so still 34 years old because that's how many years I completed. But that would be my 35th birthday, right? Anyway, <laughs> that, that's it. Was um, so how did I celebrate my birthday? Are you asking? And thanks for saying happy birthday while you're listening. Um, I celebrated it by playing. Um, well, I had breakfast in the morning. I had chicken that was going out of date, so I had that for breakfast. No, wild, right? You can't eat chicken for breakfast, Darren. Well, you can. If you eat eggs, then you could definitely eat chicken for breakfast. People eat bacon for breakfast, so why is, why is people so anti eating chicken for breakfast? I told my mum I ate chicken for breakfast. She just looked at me like, what's wrong with you? But I think it's totally fine. So I had chicken for breakfast, and then I played football. And in the morning, first game back of the season, of the break of the year. And we won 5-4 in the ridiculous game. Pure Sunday League Classic where um, we went 1-0 up, then 2-1 down, um, then 2-0. Then we got to 5-2 and then 5-4. Then we gave a penalty in the last three minutes to go and they smashed it over the bar. Pure Sunday League Classics. The pitch was absolute bog. Um, you couldn't play any football in the middle of the pitch. And I play centre-back. So my job was to stay on my feet and be able to swing my foot enough to clear the ball. But there was no playing it out of the back. Mm-mm, no, not not today. Not, well, yeah. So, um... Then after that, head over to my mum's and uh, with a few of my brothers and sisters and niece's nephew. I obviously know me and Zadie. And yeah, it was very nice. Had lots of food, like we always do. Had uh, some cake. I had two cakes. Two cakes I had. One, uh, one store-bought cake with my name written on it. Lovely. Happy birthday, Darren. And then had one made for me by Naomi, which is very nice. You know what I mean, I went out for a, that was that was made on Saturday, so the day before my birthday. But um, went out for a gig while my wife baked me a cake. Hey. And then before that, actually, on the Saturday, so Naomi was acting really weird, right? I wake up about six thirty, and she's like, "You're gonna be hungry." I was like, what? He's like, are you hungry? And I'm like, um, no, not really. Because, well, if you are hungry, you need to eat before 8 o'clock. And I was like, what? You need to finish eating before 8 o'clock. I was like, why? And she says, you probably need a shower before 8. And I was like, what, what is this? And um, so I was like, all right, cool. But I still can't work out what, she, what she's playing at. And she says, yeah, you need to be dressed before 8 o'clock. I was like, what, what's going on? Like... Am I going out somewhere? She's like, hmm, maybe. And I was like, okay, I don't understand, but you know what? I'm going to get dressed. Um, so I got dressed. Very close, because, all right, one thing you need to do is be able to make me a cup of tea. And I was like, right, okay. Anyway, two twos now, the door, the doorbell rings. I'm like, right. And as I walk it, walk downstairs through my living room, I clocked that my living room was kind of like quite sparse. So usually in our living room we have like Zadie's play mat, all of her toys on the floor. 
Um, you know, she's really dominated the centre of our living room. Cool, don't care. Got used to it. But I can't really process that the room's sparse. I know it's sparse, but I'm like, okay, that's odd. When would Naomi have even done this? And then as I open the front door, there's a small blonde Eastern European lady. He's like, oh, I'm here to do a massage for Naomi. Naomi booked me. I'm like, ha, ha, right, okay. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, just, just sit up in here. Did I make Naomi's cup of tea, take it upstairs? I'm like, right, cool, massage. Now, here's a funny thing. Um, a lot of guys get very excited by the idea of a massage. Um, you know, I mean, this woman, from what I could see of her eyes, um, was an attractive woman for her eyes. <laughs> and so they'd be thinking, ooh, nice, fit bird, giving me a massage. I, I was like, no. No, I just knew it wasn't going to be a nice massage, especially when she used the words deep tissue. And I was like, do what, this is what I need, but this is going to hurt. Because you know when you know, you're, if you've never had the deep tissue or sports massage before, um, you know there's nothing sensual about it. And you know it exposes all of the parts of your body that are just a mashup. And I know there's quite a few parts of my body that I'll mash up. Um, I remember having a massage on my back before. Every time anyone's massaged my back, they've got to like my right shoulder and just been like, oh, wow. <laughs> like, they've, they've always been shocked that like I'm able to function. Um, and this is what's happened. That's what happened for this massage. She was going for my... Right, it's my left shoulder first. She's massaging that through, just like, okay, yeah. Just thinking, oh, this is just your average, average guy who hasn't had the massage. And he goes to my right shoulder, and she's like, um, look, do you suffer from headaches? And I'm like, nope. She goes, I'm really shocked because you've got so much tension in your back on the right, on the right. Like, most people I know, that just travels up into their head and they have headaches. And I'm like, no, I never have headaches. She goes, no, it's really good. Really good, but I'm just shocked you don't. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. And uh, there's one point where she's like putting her elbow in, and she's like having to like breathe in my ears, and she's like, breathe, because <laughs> I'm just so tensed up from the pain. And then me stupidly, right? Do you know the hole that you put your face in for a massage? Um, it's taken. This is probably the. Seventh, eighth massage I've had in my life, of maybe for more. Um, it's taken me this long to work out that that hole I'm meant to put my. Wait, what's I saying? Uh, yeah, so yeah, the hole. Right, I, it's taken me this long to work out that uh, that hole is not for your eyes. Yeah, it's for your mouth. So to explain the implications of me not clocking that before, I was balancing my chin um, in a way so the bottom of the hole was cutting into my chin, like just below my lips, um, rather than underneath my chin. So if you put it underneath your chin, then your eyes are kind of against the pillow and you can't see anything. Your eyes are kind of mushed against the pillow. Whereas if you lower it, it's cutting into your chin, but you can see down the hole. I've always did it for my eyes. Um, so combine that pressure of some of that cutting in, plus being in intense pain, so you drive your face down into it even more. And um, I've now got a numb chin. <laughs> As I've told you before, guys, I've got a condition called HNPP, which is hereditary neuropathy. Uh, liability to pressure palsy, which basically means I just get if I put too much pressure somewhere, it goes numb. And where you'd normally get pins and needles, and then it comes back after like a few minutes, uh, maybe maybe an hour, you know, at worst for you as an average normal person, it may take me days. Or what happened to my arm uh, three years ago? Months. Yeah, I lost like almost complete usage of my left arm for about three months. Uh, the nerve, the nerves that took, that take the signal to my left bicep completely shut off. Um, if you saw the the muscle as atrophy, 
of my left arm um, during that period, it was horrendous. Like, literally no muscle on my left arm. I had to go back to the gym and I was, I was on like literally two kg weights on my left arm. And I, and I was sweated, like, like, a, like unbelievable buckets of sweat trying to move this weight because I had literally had no muscle in my left arm. Um, so yeah, so I've, I've mashed up my chin. So, but it's funny because where I've done it on my chin, the actual you know bottom of my chin, like where you know a boxer would land his punch, is it's got feeling. I know if you were to uppercut me, that is feeling. If you were to punch you square on the chin, probably not. My lips are fine though, um, and my jaw is fine. So it's kind of a, a numbness that I could easily ignore, which is probably the worst kind because it means I won't get it addressed. But there's nothing they can do. I know what my condition is. So I've literally have to just wait, uh, maybe up to a few months for me to get feeling back in my chin. This is a, uh, this is strange, but. Um, but yes, she did the massage. Um, surprisingly, my legs were fine because that's probably my most mashed up part of my body is my legs. They were fine, but my back, uh, shoulders kill absolutely kill. This is like they're gonna kill for days, I know they are, but um, all right, that's that's me, that's what I've done. I did a gig Saturday as well after, um, did some new materials and um. Yeah, man. I mean, I wrote a new joke. Well, I wrote a few new jokes, but there are some weird things, man, I saw. Um, I mean, that I covered. Uh, but I, told, I talked about one of them. I'll talk about one of them on the pod. Which is annoying, because it's probably the one I've got a most fully formed joke about, but it's all right. Um, did you read the article about the woman from... Shout out to the guys who watch Night Day Fiance. Read the article about the woman who... Uh, Sells her farts in a jar. Um, yeah, mad. So yeah, she sells her farts in a jar. She makes it's disgusting, but she makes up to thirty k a week doing it. Now, you can judge her. Uh, you know, you can say it's weird, it's disgusting. You can judge the guys who who buy the farts, but the fact is, she makes thirty up to thirty k a week, which I mean it, it makes you question. You know, the gender pay gap, man. I, do, I just don't understand how women get paid less than men in this world. If there are lit, if there's literally markets for women to sell their farts, like ladies, stop, uh, stop marching, stop protesting, stop, stop lobbying. No, just buy some jars, make that extra cash on the side. You know what I mean? That, that's that, that's it. You don't try to beat. That guy in the office to the promotion. No, let him have it. Let him have it. Work less. Work easier. And just fart in jars. <laughs> I think 30k a week. There's no job that you could get paid equal to a man that you're making 30k a week. Nope. 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 Just don't. It's not happening. It's such a... Uh, such a skewed market. There's no market for men to sell their farts to women. Like, none. None in the world. Like, we were discussing this with my wife. Like, why do men have these weird perversions more than women? Like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, fetish. It's men who have that. Like, is it a thing that women aren't as, still aren't as sexually liberated as men? So, you know, they're starting to, they get, you know, before, I guess there's the stereotypes, women didn't even like sex. You know, they just did it as a service to their man. And now, obviously, women are like, oh, no, we like sex, and here's the things we like. Um, you know, there's a whole industry about sex toys for women and stuff. Now, is that maybe the next stage that we're going to see in the next 20, 30 years? Is women just like, you know, really into some mad shit? It's like, yeah, I just like men's feet. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, is, is that's what's covered? Is that what we would talk about secretly in their WhatsApp groups? I don't know. But when I saw this woman selling farts, I was like, this is mad. I'm like, how, how, 
I don't even, yeah, it's, it's both sides of the transaction. It's her set of hearts, the people buy them. Just, I don't know, man. Guys, guys, guys who are married or in a long-term relationship, how do you feel about your woman selling farts? Because I'm assuming farts aren't anything sexual to you. And, you know, it's kind of the, um, like I said, the Pulp Fiction test of uh, cheating, as I call it. Um, so the Pulp Fiction test of cheating is this. Um, there's a scene where Samuel Jackson and John Travolta are talking about a guy who chucks another dude through a window because he's massaging his wife. Something like that. I can't remember if that's how he reacts, but he's definitely massaging his wife. And then the guy was just like, well, it's only a massage. Or, or tickling. It was like massage or tickling. Something like that. And then he goes, well, it's only, it's only like a tickle. Like, what's the issue? And then he's like, would you tickle a dude? He's like, what? He's like, would you tickle a dude? He's like, um, no. And he's like, why not? He's like, um, I don't know, because it's another dude. And it's like, right, exactly. So you shouldn't let someone do that to your wife. And I was like, ah. And it's kind of true, right? If you're a straight man, anything you wouldn't do with a dude, you shouldn't do with another woman. Because in your head, you're thinking, no, it's kind of sexual. Sounds crazy, right? I remember saying this at a, a live ESN event. And people got on to me because they didn't understand the point I made. And they, all they all they heard was like the suggestion of gay. So they all went into meltdown. I'm not talking about the ESN lot. I'm talking about some of the people who were there. They couldn't understand the point I, I articulated. <laughs> um, but yeah. So for example, like when you're dancing, yeah. If you... You'd easily, like most men, would easily do like the migraine skank with other dudes. Fine. So then if there's some sexy woman in the club and you end up doing migraine skank with her, yeah, your wife could be a bit jealous that the woman's good looking, but she can't really say much because it's migraine skank. He's doing it as a group. She just happens to be good looking. Well, whatever. But now if it comes to proper just grinding up on a woman, most straight guys I know aren't going to be grinding up on, on a dude. So is it simply just a dance? Nah, probably not. Probably not. And the same as tickling. I remember Gwen Stefani talked, she was in the interview and the interviewer was like, oh, I'm, like, I'm going to tickle you. And she's like, please don't. He's like, what? She goes, I'm married. And it, he looked so confused. But I was like, no, makes a point. It's a strong point. So I say that to say this, guys, if your lady was to fart in a jar and sell it to other men... <laughs> Like, would you be bothered? Like, would you? Would you sell your farts to other men? Because there's no women wanting to buy your farts, guys. Would you sell your farts to other men? Hmm? I mean, would that be gay? Would that be gay to you? Would you feel gay doing that? Um, as a straight man. Therefore, if you did, I guess you wouldn't want your woman to be selling their farts to other dudes, right? I mean, I, I guess I'd have to see the price first, right? <laughs> if a guy just slid into my DMs and looked there and I've seen your comedy and I find it funny, but what I'm most interested in is your thoughts. Here is my real life indecent proposal. I propose that you fart in a jar once a month and I will pay you £10,000. I'd be like, um, do I have to buy the jars or do you? Like, I just need to know. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd fart in the jar, send it away. There's just no market for me. Do you know how much time that's free up for you to do other things? <laughs> If your income just came from fart in a jar, but I don't know, man. It's nuts. But do what the article though, I should I should round it off. She um like she ended up in the hospital like having a heart attack because her diet is just mad. It's like it's literally like Brussels sprouts and protein shakes. Um 
so yeah, she was like, yeah, I was overdoing it. Like, the way she was talking about it, it was like she was some kind of pro athlete. And uh, yeah, so she hospitalised herself farting that much. She was making like dumb amount of samples. I want to say she was making like, I want to say like maybe up to like 20 or 30 a day. Like, you don't need to be produced it that hard. Like, make it a bit more scarce, right? Lower the production, you don't have to fart so much, the price can go up. I don't know. Wild behaviour, man. And it's one of those ones that it's funny. If, you know, if no one wants to do it, like, go do it. Go go make that money. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about my kids that wanting to do it. <laughs> oh dear, it's dead. It's dead. Does that make it sexual? Does make it creepy, right? Then you got to explore these things in your head. Like, I'll be okay for people to do it. I'll be okay to do it to other guys. But if someone's out there trying to buy children's farts, I'm like, you're some kind of pedo, aren't you? So he went for something completely non-sexual, just weird. I guess it's what it is. It's because it's sexual for the person receiving it. Receiving it, that's what it is. It, yeah, that's why. There you go. See, you've got, you've got to explore these mad ideas in your head to work out where you get to. Because the person receiving it is, finds it sexual. See, yeah, and see, now that, does that change the dynamics or would you... Want your wife or would you send your fart somewhere? These are the deep questions that we need to answer, people. <laughs> oh, talk about other things that are made deeper than they need to be. Shout out to the Shade Borough, um, acting like a pure tabloid newspaper. There was wonderful tabloid headlining um, where they shared that... Uh, Mo Gilligan is buying a five-bedroom house with his girlfriend. Now here's the thing. It was covered in the actual tabloid newspapers and they reported it because, hey, it's a young man doing something. He's had a great career. who's buying a five-bedroom house in London. He's the first person in his family to buy a house. And, you know, it's just it's rock and roll, you know. Ice on the cake, end the year on a high note. Well, it's not the end of the year, but you know, um, just positive story. That's it. That's how it's reported in the news. But on the Shade Borough, they take the same story, and then they put a picture of Mo and a picture of his girlfriend. Now, to the shock and chagrin of a lot of the followers of Shade Borough, which Shade Borough knew would happen, um, Mo's girlfriend is white. Um, and when you're a black person and you are with a white person, it tends to give black people this over-familiarity uh, to be able to comment on you, your relationship, your partner, uh, their looks, your mentality, your goals, um, your outlook on life, your views, your your parents, <laughs> your work your art, everything, everything's up for grabs uh, when your partner is white. It seems like nothing's off limits. Uh, they could call a basic ugly. They could call you that type, uh, all different racial slurs. And it's mad. It's fully, fully mad. And I'll see people writing think pieces about it. Some people acting nonchalant about it. Some people pretending to act nonchalant, but it doesn't really feel like they are. And it's mad. It's mad, mad, mad. And it's my thing that I found so interesting is when you speak to a lot of black people, when it comes to black people dating white people, they have a kind of like checklist of things of, you know, I don't really care. Um, No, here, actually, no, check this. This is how it goes. Black guy dates a white woman or marries a white woman and he chats shit about black women. A lot of people go, fuck this guy. If he just didn't chat shit about black women, I wouldn't care who he's with. Cool. Um, or it would be a guy who says stuff against a black community. People are like, look, he doesn't even have to do anything for a black community. He just shut his mouth. It's like, okay, cool, 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 cool. 
um, or fetishizes maybe white women allows himself to be fetishized. You know, people have all comments about that. Here's the thing about Mo Gilligan. Um, oh, actually, sorry, the other one is be with a black woman and then leaving her when he's, when they're successful to get with the white woman. That's another one. Here's the thing about Mo. Let's take that last one there. Uh, leaving his black girlfriend to get with a white woman. Um, from what I know, Mo has been with his girlfriend for over 10 years. So, like, before he was famous. I think even maybe before he started doing comedy. Right? But the amount of people is telling me, no, 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 he's only been with her since 2018. I'm like, really? Show me. Like, people are saying, they can't say 2018. It's like, show me. Then when they go to the show, he's like, I don't know. I don't know where I saw that. I can't find it. It's like, hmm, okay, interesting. So, no, not 2018. That's not true. I, I don't know Mo that, that much, but I know that when I knew he had a long-term girlfriend, that they'd been each other for a long time, like, in my head, like, about seven or eight years, and that was about three or four years ago. You see what I mean? It's all right. That's number one. So he hasn't, he hasn't uh, thrown a black woman away for a white woman. Uh, putting black women down or putting white women on a pedestal. No evidence of that. Never heard Mo do with that. Amount of celebrities who've got the whole dark skin tweets, you know, dark skin women are this, uh, tweets that just get unearthed. This guy has been riding the wave of his own success for a long time. You would have thought he would have caught, he would have had one of those tweets come out if he had them. Nope, nothing, nothing like that. Never been caught saying anything like that. So maybe because he never says anything like that. I don't know. I don't know the guy well enough. Number three. Uh, you know, they don't do anything for for black people. Um, mm, that's really something that cannot be put on my... There's a talk of, in, with comedians, right? In the entertainment, or entertainment, they're always talking about Lenny Henry. You know, being in that position as kind of the top black guy for so long and then how many black people did he put on? And the answer is really zero. Um, Now, you can blame Lenny Henry for that. You can blame the circumstances in the sense of, you know, if you are the only black guy breaking through in the 80s, how much power do you really have? Or are you just there feeling like, I'm just happy to be here, so I'm really not trying to rock the boat? Cool. Is that what Mo Gilligan did? No. No, no, no. Look at Mo Gilligan's shows that he's, his his TV show, the big nasty show that he's on. Um, they're kind of like unapologetically black British TV shows, right? Then you got to think about the documentary he did about uh, black comedy, the black comedy circuit where he really shone a light on legends in, in our scene. Yeah. People that are just not known to the mainstream. Mo's a mainstream face now. And he went, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm I'm funny, but there are people who came way before me. There's a whole circuit that has full legends on there that people don't know about. That's why you're seeing Slim, uh, who most people listed as part of known about Slim. Slim's been going for over 20 years. And that's only, how, can you, how can you only see Slim on TV now? Why? Because Slim is signed to UTC. Yeah, UTC Management, who is the management company of Mo Gilligan. They manage Mo. Mo got Slim on, Baba Tunde on. I'm not sure if you got Eddie Caddy on, but Eddie Caddy's there as well. Yeah, that's three guys who are who've been doing this thing in our scene for so long, and now you're seeing them. You've seen um, well, Baba Tunde doing stuff with with Mo's tour with Mo. Baba Tunde has also been on Gogglebox. Um, so you've seen him on TV now. You've seen Slim on uh, Russell Howard's show, uh, Live at the Apollo. And you look at the comments on that. They're like, oh my God, how come I've never heard about this guy before? He's managed to carve that way for those guys, shine that light for them. And then also, um, Eddie Kelly's got a BBC radio show now. So, what I'm trying to say is, you can't say this guy and put people on. That's such, hey, sorry, I haven't finished what he's done. Also, he did the Black British Takeover at the O2. He could have easily sold out that show just on his name. 
Mau Gallagher could have sorted out the O2. But he went, no, 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 no. It's not just for me. Let me bring in Slim. Let me bring in Bowerton. Let me bring in Edica. Let me bring Tanya Moore. Let me show these people my people. And then, you want to talk about supporting black women. This guy donated his fee for hosting the Brit Awards. I think it's, I can't remember the name of the chariot man. It's five or more, five times more. Five times more, that's it. It's just how it's written, it always throws me off. Five times more. This is a black maternal health charity. Okay? That's just him. That's just how he just does things. Yeah? He gets in the position, helps everyone else. And now people want to be like, oh, he's got a white girlfriend. He's like, no. He's, he's ticked all the boxes that you're meant to tick to allow him to have a white girlfriend. So... He's qualified. He's overqualified to have a white girlfriend. <laughs> like, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> it's funny. He does all this stuff and people are still getting at him. Whereas, take, take me now. I've got a black wife. I won't ever have to do any of that stuff to prove myself now. Literally, I have jokes about that. That, you know, I would... Everyone has seen, everyone's seen my material. Everyone who knows me. I'm a black guy from Essex. So when I go on stage and I talk about Essex and I'm just doing my thing, the crowd always think I have, when I say, oh yeah, I'm married, the crowd always think my wife's white. And when I say to a black woman, then the crowd go, and then I start joking, ah, you didn't expect it. And these days, they always go with it because they know it doesn't really work for a white crowd because the white crowd like, okay, we didn't really have that prejudice there. But a black crowd always always think that but once I've got my wife's black it's like that's it I'm certified for them <laughs> I don't have to do anything I don't have to prove anything uh, and that's the crazy thing I'm not I'm not saying Mo even has to prove anything he doesn't like you can be married to whoever just live your life it's your life man uh, but what we're not going to do is try to take slide disses at this guy or shit at the shit at the guy man you know what I mean? Not this guy. Mm-mm. Not Mo. Nah, 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 nah. Not him at all. Anyway, let's. Uh, there's any other topics we'll talk about. I mean, it's interesting about what's going on with Novak Djokovic. Um, I think he's got the ruling overturned and he's going to be able to play at the Australian Open. Um, so Novak isn't, I believe he isn't vaccinated. Well, he's not saying what his status is, but, you know, clearly by what's going on here he, with him being banned and deported and put in a deportation centre, he isn't vaccinated. Or maybe he's got a vaccine that's not been accepted, like some of the Russian athletes who have the Sputnik um, vaccine that isn't accepted. You see the politics in these vaccines? They need to be vaccinated. Now, not that vaccine. This vaccine. Which vaccine? The vaccine I can make some money from? What? Um, <laughs> anyway, man. Um, but yeah, but he's he's got the overturned, and it's crazy. It is is. Um, I mean, yeah, this is gonna go through twenty twenty two, right? I mean, just there was some rumors about lateral flow tests not being free anymore, um, which is, I guess, a way of forcing the unvaccinated to get vaccinated, right? Because if lateral flow tests aren't free and you need to test regularly to show that you're, um, that you don't have COVID, then it's going to cost the people who are unvaccinated more money because those who are vaccinated are required, they're not required to prove that they haven't got COVID, which is crazy. But anyway, let's, you can't do a pod without talking about COVID. Anyway, let's uh, get on to some Dear Deirdre. So let me just check. There's no other topics that I wanted to cover because I do this sometimes. I'll come off the pod a bit. Oh, man, I was meant to... Nah, cool. Right. Let's see. My uh, dear Deirdre, my girlfriend flirts with every man she meets, and I fear she's a serial cheat. Hmm. All right, 
My dear Digi, my girlfriend seems to flirt with every man who crosses her path, and my instinct says it doesn't end there. Uh, but despite several scenarios that don't add up, I can't prove a thing. She says, if I don't trust her, we are finished. Bruv, end it. End it. End it. End it. Just end it. Yeah, because so here's the thing. It's one thing that if um, someone flirts and you just don't like their behaviour, you know, and you just disagree with how they behave. But when it's like, nah, the maths ain't mathing, then you, you, that's when you've got to leave. That's when you have to leave. You know, if they're saying, oh, I just went out with my friends... And then they don't get in till like dumb o'clock in the morning. And they're like, "What's your reason?" It's like, "Oh, it's because um, you know, my 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 uh, my my friend, she she ate some some fish and she was allergic to the fish." And he's like, "What your friend who owns the fishmongers?" It's like, "Um, no, my other friend." And he's like, wait, that friend, the friend you said he lives in Australia. Um, wait, it's all that stuff. If they seem just like, look, I got too drunk and I passed out on the train. <laughs> I had to get a cab back from this place. It's like, all right, you didn't drink less. It's dangerous. Uh, but you're an idiot and just drink less. You know I mean, that's a different one. It's just like your behaviour is like, grow up, grow the fuck up. Where if it's just like, no the maths ain't mathing then yeah it's just too much too much anyway when we got together she made me feel so special like I was the only person in the room okay jeez calm down Rihanna but now I see how she works virtually every man she meets whether they are other dads at her kids school work contacts or random men uh, she keeps in contact with her exes through social media. I'm 45, my girlfriend is 41. We've been together for two years and moved in together for six months ago. Like, how? No, 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 no. This got to be, for you to have all these worries, this has to happen early on. You can't be that long in and moving in together and be like, oh, she's such a flirt. No, 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 no. I really do like her, but I'm wary because she had men come in to her house for drinks at all hours. Jesus. Then she wanted to go away for a weekend to stay with one of these guys who allegedly was just a friend. What is happening? I didn't approve, so she cancelled. But months later, she said she was going away with her girlfriend. <laughs> I think she secretly went to see this male friend just before we moved in together. An ex who is a club bouncer went to her house in the early hours to console her. What is happening? Apparently, she got upset on the night out and he was concerned about her. Recently, a friend of mine saw her at a party. She was flirting big time with one of the men there. She danced with this guy, hugged and kissed him, of course, and then went back to his house. Jesus. She lied when I confronted her, saying she left the party for more drinks at her girlfriend's. Her explanation didn't add up, and eventually um, she admitted going to his house, insisting nothing happened. No, no, no. You know when it comes out like, no, nah, no. Nah. Nah. Uh, she gets upset and says she can't carry carry on unless I stop being suspicious am I being uh, paranoid no you're not bruv you're not being paranoid um you know because being paranoid to me is like unjust whereas if you don't give your partner the full truth you mean if you've got the full truth and they go no 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 I don't believe you then that's different then you are being paranoid if they give you the parts of it and you'll have it you'll find out bits after from different places, then it's, yeah. Then no, it's just, it's not the one. It's not the one, man. Just, just leave it. Just, just leave it. You know? Um, right. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Now, this is mad. Late affair, lover, 72, wants wants to be with me but his wife is showing signs of dementia until his wife started to show signs of dementia my lover was planning to divorce her to be with me ah jeez I've been seeing this man someone I've known since my teens for almost a year he lives an hour's drive away but we spend days out together and have occasionally and have occasional nights together we're both 72 raw imagine being cheated on at 72 
I was widowed five years ago. I often get asked out by men, but I don't have a connection with them like I do with him. His wife stays at home all the time and won't even go into the garden. He has become a carer and he's desperately unhappy. Yeah. He's worried that he, if he leaves his wife to be with me, sorry, if he leaves his wife to be with me, his family wouldn't forgive him and he wouldn't see his grandchildren. Although he has no marriage to speak of, I feel uneasy. Should I end this relationship, even though we'll both be heartbroken? No, 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 no. Let him do the, his life admin. That's nothing to do with you. Yeah? I mean, his wife's got dementia, and that'd be mad that he's... Um, <laughs> he, he needs to leave before the dementia really kicks in. Otherwise, he looks worse. That's why it's never a right time to end a relationship other than as soon as possible. Soon as you want to do it, just end it, because we've all been there. You know when you're trying to leave a relationship, then a new thing comes up. It's like, I'm going to look so bad if I leave her at this point. So you stay for a bit. You're like, right, I'm going to do it. And then something else happens. Like, I'm going to look so bad if I leave her at this point. And then, you know, you wait, you wait, and then nothing happens. That like, I'm going to look so bad if I leave her at this point. And then you realise that when you do finally split up, because uh, she says she wants to leave, um, everyone still looks at you like the arsehole anyway, because you're the guy. <laughs> How many times, guys, have you split up with a woman and people go, so what did you do? It's like, what? What, do you mean, what did I do? Piss the piss off. But what did I do? Or what did you do? <laughs> Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Um, Oh, wow, mad. Right, this headline cracks me up because this, like, is such a guy thing. Uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've read the tone right. So alone. I came out as gay five years ago and still can't find a partner. Like, I feel like this guy isn't gay. I feel like this guy's a, a straight guy who thought all gay guys wanted him. And then he was like, if I was actually gay, I'd get a boyfriend, like, straight away. He's like, mate, Gary, they don't want you. I don't go into a gay club they all want to have sex with me it's like no they don't Gary they don't so alright I want to be gay I'm gay now five years later have you found any gay guy who wants to have sex with Gary nah but I don't know why anyway I thought it would be easy enough to find a partner having been in the closet most of my life see this full sense of your the only thing holding you back is this thing the amount of times people do that in their life right like, for example, they think the only thing that's holding them back in their life is, you know, money. Or say if they've got a part, uh, you know, there's a woman or guy that they really fancy. But, you know, the only thing that's holding them back is, you know, what people would think about them. And then once they realise, OK, no one thinks that thing about them, then they go, right, let's go for it then. And they go for it. And it's shit. They <laughs> do, man. Right. Anyway, so it would be easy enough uh, to find a partner, having been in the closet most of my life. Uh, but five years after coming out, I'm still on my own. Yeah, cool. Didn't realize how difficult it would be. Um, there is nowhere to meet people in my area. Do you live in London? Get to a big city, get to Brighton, where there's actually other gay people, man. Online dating sites charge a lot of money, which I can't afford. I'm a 58-year-old guy. You said I'm a 58-year-old guy as... That's like, that was the reason why you can't afford something. No. Um, I was so lonely, though I love the real me now. All my friends and family love me for who I am. I just wish someone could see how much I have to give. Um, I have so much love in my heart for that special person, but he's eluding me. Everyone says, don't go looking and you'll find love one day. That's not true. Uh, but I am beginning to think that that day will never come. Yeah. The people say, don't go looking. You, you do have to go looking. Um, actually you don't have to go looking you just have to have your eyes open bro. that's what it is you know the amount of people who fully block their blessings by setting up some stupid rules on themselves like there will be women who work in a fully male environment and they'll also say I will never date anyone for work and it's like they're, uh, these are people you spend most of your time with now get it, you don't date someone for work and then it mashes up and then you know you then lose your job. But also, you can just keep your eye open. 
there might be someone from your work, from a different department maybe, who, if you took a step back, you know those ones where like it takes an external friend to come along with you, like to work drinks, and then they're like, oh, so Stephen seems nice. And he's like, Stephen? It's like, yeah, I mean, he seems to like really enjoy your stories and he's very attentive and he seems to remember a lot of things that you've said to him. And the person's just like, what, really, Stephen? He's like, yeah, I mean, I don't. He literally looks like your type. He's tall, dark-skinned, muscular, good-looking. Like, is he single? And they're like, oh, I don't know. No, no, it's just Stephen. Stephen from marketing. I don't care. And it's like, what are you talking about? This guy's literally your guy. But, but you know, the woman tells her, I, don't, I ain't dating a guy from work. Or a guy will say, I ain't dating a woman who's... I know, got kids, those, and and it might be, and granted, it might be a deal breaker for you, but what if it's not, what if it's just something you say because other people have said, so you just go, yeah, it's not my thing, and then if you actually break it down, it's like, why wouldn't you date someone with kids? Do you want to have kids yourself? Well, I'm not really bothered. And it's like, and how old's their kids? Like, like their kid's 14, and it's like, so not a baby then that you'd have to be looking after. Well, nah. So, so could you just not be with that woman then? I mean, they thought about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? People just do it all the time, man. So maybe that's what this guy's doing. He's thinking, right, I need a gay guy from my town. Well, maybe you need to find another guy from a different town. Maybe, maybe your relationship will have to be a long distance. Well, maybe it might be you want to move. Who knows? That's, uh, but that's what it is. You don't have to go looking. We need to keep yourself open. All right. Raw. Okay. This is the last one. And then we are out of here. Dear Deirdre, I saw my best man with his hand up my wife's wedding dress, collecting her farts. <laughs> I saw my best man with his hand up uh, my wife's wedding dress, stumbling upstairs in the hotel where we got married. What? How did you see this and you just saw it? But like this has to be like CCTV after the fact. Because there's no way that I stood there at the bottom of the stairs seeing the best man with his hand up with his dress and going, I mean, we'll deal with this after the wedding. <laughs> like you've got a full reason to walk away from this marriage that no one can argue with. You know I mean? So anyway, stumbling upstairs in the hotel where we got married... It took me a while to find um, our bedroom. It took me, but when I got in, I was obviously interrupting quite a moment. Jesus. My wife was laid back on the bed laughing. My best friend was reaching up inside her gown. They looked so shocked to see me standing next to them and came up with some nonsense story about my wife's garter cutting into her. And my best friend was helping her get the garter off. I'm 28. She's 27, my best friend's 29. I stormed off and ended up passing out at the bar. <sighs> Too much drink. The next morning, I woke up to find myself undressed and back in the bridal suite bed. So this, was this on the wedding night? Yeah, geez, of course, if it's the car. Oh, my God. So, yeah, this is, all right, yeah. Uh, my wife told me that I was in such a state that four friends had to carry me to bed. She wasn't very impressed and really went at me for my embarrassing behaviour. Oh, my God. <laughs> counter-attack you know when she's in the role but she has spun it she has spun it you are the big letdown and she probably she probably laid into me about my drinking and warned me our marriage would be the shortest in history if I didn't cut back on the boozing oh my god (laughs) how mad you are (laughs) because there's no evidence Especially if she if she hands up your drinking, yeah, that means your evidence becomes inadmissible because your evidence is drunken evidence. Uh, there's two versus one. So she, you accuse her of this. She goes, "Dad didn't." And that's not what happened. She asked, "Ask your friend." He's up. Like, no, that's what happened. So now you're the crazy one. And then with your drunken antics, everyone saw you pass out at the bar. So, oh man, oh man. Oh dear. 
she properly laid into me about my drinking and warned me our marriage would be the shortest in history if I didn't cut back on the boozing. There was no apology for her behaviour and she refused to discuss what I'd seen. I've told her she has a cheek after my discovery and she's adamant nothing has happened between them and that they were just messing around. I've been avoiding my best friend so I feel so let down by him. He's been calling me but so far I've ignored him. Jeez, I listened to one message where he apologised for taking liberties and blamed the amount of about he had to drink, saying he never would have touched her if he hadn't been so drunk. Oh my god. So, <laughs> um, what can you do? You're married now, aren't it? Um, boy, I think it's oh, that's just so tough. It's so easy for me to say, just leave. But you're always going to have that nagging in the back of your head. I'll always be there. Ah, oh. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do in that situation. You just have to finger a best friend. <laughs> oh dear, that's what you should have tried to do on that night. Just march into the maid of honor's room. And be like, that's it. What? Come on. And she's like, ugh, what are you doing? Go away. And he's like, come on, please. She drops your knees, just begging, stop crying. She's like, ah, Tom's fingering Lisa right now, please. And she's like, oh my God, get up, Gary, get up. Gary always gets in my stories. Get up, Gary. Get up and get out. And the next morning when you wake up, you know, passed out the bar, now one goes, oh, so you went into Megan's room and... Demanded to finger her, did you, Gary? He's just like, oh. <laughs> so, no, you, you, revenge will never, uh, will never serve you well, mates. Don't do that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. I think you just have to, um, I think you just have to ride your marriage out until the wheels fall off, really. Um, with that just underlying anger that's just going to spill out at, moments that you don't expect and and that is that will be your marriage mate that is it so i'm predicting your marriage will last three years tops um and you'll break something valuable of hers and probably something valuable of your own with just that rage that you just can't get out all right you probably end up fighting people in car parks or on trains as well because you just the, the rage will spill out and um, that's it. So I guess that would be my lesson. Learn how to fight. Because when you take out on some random, you don't want to get your ass kicked as well. Get your ass kicked. You wake up from your coma to find to find those two just flipping, banging in your hospital ward, thinking that you're passed out. <laughs> anyway, that is the end of the pod. Uh, all right, peace.